Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Jeremy Fisher and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Good. How are you doing, Tobin? I'm, uh, I'm doing okay. I, I found out that we have uh, a little something in common. Okay, what's that? We both have a little bit of Newfoundland in us. Oh, yeah. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was going to start the interview off by asking what are you at, but I, I don't know if, uh, <laughs> if that would register right away. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about this uh, Newfoundland connection we have. Your, your mother was born and raised in Newfoundland? That's right, yeah. She was born in St. John's and spent a bit of time there in her childhood, and then they moved to Corner Brook. Now, have you ever spent any time in Newfoundland when you were younger, or were you were always, as I call it, a mainlander? Always a mainlander, uh, other than summers when we go and visit my grandmother and my aunt. I've seen here that you are, are you based in Ottawa or Toronto? I'm in Ottawa, oh. yeah. I've been here for the last uh, eight years or so. Whereabouts in Ottawa? I'm in Centertown. Oh, Centertown. Okay, so like in in my mind, when I'm thinking Centertown, I think like close enough to Carleton for university students, but not like in the realm of Carleton. That's right. Yeah, we we have some students on our street. Our, our streets a mix of families and rental units, so we always have a bunch of students, and we are fairly close to Carleton. That's where I go and play squash. This is weird. How have we not crossed paths? Because I'm a Carleton alumni, and. Uh, I would go there to play like soccer and ball hockey. I feel like we probably crossed paths and you like ran me over one time and I was like, you know what? Never again. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on my bicycle, I'd, I'd yeah, run yeah. over your toe. That's Just, about as bad yeah, as I yeah. get. Just coming out of squash, I mean, like, can you believe this guy? And it's like, it's like, yeah, I can actually, because you were being a little bit of a, a butt. And I'd be like, oh, that's fair. So I want to talk a little bit about now, of course, you do this Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern, a live stream, Jeremy Fisher Jr. Who came up with this idea and was it sparked originally just by COVID or was it something that's always in the back burner? Well, it was kind of can be traced back to the National Arts Center because in the early days of this lockdown, they said that they were going to sponsor they partnered with facebook and the slate family and they sponsored decided to start sponsoring live streams on under the uh hashtag canada performs so they said just send us an email when you're doing a live stream and so i did i said i'm going to do one this saturday and i'm going to play songs for families and and so they picked me up and they sponsored it and they promoted it and I did it and I thought I could do one of these every Saturday morning. I mean, those first couple of weeks felt like a couple months, you know, I think for all of us. And I just needed a way to know what a week was, you know what I'm saying? And this was the thing for me. It, it just sort of chose me in a way. I started focusing on it and made sure that I, I could get one together for every week. I guess the idea here when you're doing these performances, you know, you're telling stories to kids, you're singing songs to kids, I guess in her, in hopes of sparking a bit of creativity, togetherness, and 
happiness, correct? Yeah, just finding a little bit of joy and um, and also interactivity. You know, it's really important. This is has kind of swept in to replace live shows for, for musicians and audiences, but it's not really a live show and it's not really a TV show. It's this other thing that we're kind of figuring out. So that's a huge part of it for me. I think that's what, what I was surprised after doing the first one is, is how interactive it was and how much I could engage the kids at home. Yeah, it's like because I, I see here like the parents and kids can interact with you like and join in in like real time, which is kind of interesting in itself. And like when you're mentioning about the new norm, you know, the first days of COVID or the first few weeks, I've seen acts like Luke Combs, Tim McGraw, Garth Brooks, any artist really just jump on Instagram and say, okay, this is lasting a little bit longer than what we thought. So we're going to start doing concerts from our like basement. And at first I thought like, okay, you know, they're, they're doing their task, I guess, in, the, in in some essence of getting giving something to the fans. But I think it was even a shock to them when you see some of their comments that the fans that join in real time and give you, like, for example, I think someone came across like a Rascal Flats video and said they went to their first concert and their last concert was Rascal Flats and they always wanted to meet them, blah, blah, blah. And when one of the Rascal Flats members seen it, like in live time, they responded to it. I'm like, you wouldn't get that at a concert. And if you got it at a meet and greet, you're playing, you're paying like two thousand dollars just to say it to their face. So <laughs> it's it's cool. And then even when you see their reaction, you're like, oh wow! Like you get to see everyone's reaction to it. So I thought that's cool. But interesting that you allow like the parents and kids to interact with you as well. And I, I guess that kind of gives you a new burst of energy when you actually see parents and kids interacting, having a little bit of fun too. Oh, it does. It totally does. There was actually one week we had some technical issues and the feed of comments wasn't coming through on my laptop. And I felt totally alienated. And, and I, I got my friend to read the comments. And I said, hey, if kids are trying to tell me something, can you text them to me? So she was texting the comments to you know my messenger. And so I was able to get back in there. It was a pretty long delay you know, for her to like kind of transcribe them and stuff. But it made me realize how important that part of it is. You know, you can't just, I can't just ignore that. It's become a big part of the show. When you're doing this kind of stuff, like children's entertainment, you want everyone involved. Otherwise, with kids, if they're on a phone or a tablet or whatnot, like a parent is in the room with them. So they kind of have to approve it. But if you're just performing and you're like, okay, like I need some kid interaction here. I'm not getting anything it's kind of like you're yeah. you're stranded with you're like pretty much up the water without a without a paddle there well yeah it, it you know it's magical for the kids i mean who is what shows or like entertainers did you watch as a kid what's your generation of uh that's you know what i like that you at, i like that you're asking me questions here like i'm supposed to be the host here but <laughs> no no I'm like, the <laughs> i grew up pretty much on like sharon lois and bram and if you ask my brothers they want to beat me up every day because that was on repeat uh, <laughs> are you the youngest i am the youngest so you can imagine <laughs> right. like you know it's 10 yeah. it's i think it's like 10 12 about maybe 15 years between us all so like can you imagine like you know you're oh, yeah. in kindergarten your other brothers in like high school one's at mun well there you go so i mean imagine sharon lois and bram looking at the tv and and saying you know hi tobin you want to hear the elephant song you want to hear skinnamarink and and knowing that they're actually talking to you like that's something from our childhood that that we there was no technology to allow that and i think it's still it's an amazing thing you know for for kids i i get 
feedback from parents that their kid was just like beside themselves when I'm able to incorporate, like I have this one song called Down at the Library and I talk about things I like to read about down at the library and then after I do a verse, I take suggestions from the kids at home so they give me a, a thing they like to read about it, and then I rhyme it live into the song. So in a way they actually even get to you know, kind of create with me. And it's exciting and it's new and it's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. It sounds like it's like the, the kids M&M there. It's just like, you know, just live, live versing there. Uh, just right. <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit like that. Sometimes it gets dangerously close to M&M uh, yeah. sort yeah. of uh, racy lyrics. We've had Splash and Boots on in the past and they've even said that they miss the hugs, of course, with coming, you know, with the live stream aspect. But they you, you do see a little bit of bloopers from those two down in their i guess basement or their setup and giving kids shout outs birthday wishes and all that and i'm like oh wow the kid must like really enjoy this stuff because when you see them on tv they don't actually get to do that kind of aspect yeah yeah totally now you can find of course the music sheets for what you do when the activities on your website. I'm guessing this is if they miss the live stream or want to do it at home after. Like, just say if the kids are really, really loving this song or really love the activity. It's not like a one-shot thing. They can basically download it at home. Totally, yeah. It's uh, It stays up there on Facebook. We also, after the fact, post it to YouTube, and you can find all of it at jeremyfisherjr.com. Now, in some of these, I've heard that before you get going with a different song or story, you like to kind of rev it up a bit in the different instrument that you're going to present. How many instruments do you actually play? That's a good question that I've been wondering to myself because I'm thinking, I, I started doing this wondering, you know, thinking like, ah, oh, this might be a month or two. And sure, I've got at least eight instruments that I can play and make a sound with. It, now, I don't know how many weeks we've been doing, but I'm sitting here in my studio and I can count. I got a guitar, a bass, a banjo, a piano, a drum machine, a theremin, a synthesizer, a mando cello, a drum kit, a cello, harmonica, harmonicas, harmonica. <laughs> drumsticks, ukuleles, mandolins. That's all I can see right now. Oh, Omnicord. Yeah, I got. You got. You got to mix in the accordion. Yeah. You got to get the oh, the accordion there. I got one of those. Too. I already. That was. I think my second. My, First or second surprise instrument was accordion. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, wow. See, that's the Newfoundland thing coming Oh, it in. totally See, is. Just, you know what? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's the, that was my grandfather's instrument. My grandfather um, from Newfoundland, Walter Chambers, had the Walter Chambers Orchestra. He toured all over the island with playing oh, accordion okay. and it, piano. If someone just tossed you an accordion, it's almost like, and I can't really say this because now then I'll, I'll be the anti-Newfoundlander when I say it, but it's like, if someone's like, you want to know if he's a newfie? Hand him an accordion. And then it's like, he's had lessons. I know he has. It's like, no, man, he hasn't. And then they hand me one. They're like, this guy's not a Newfoundlander. I'd be like, but I have everything. I have the accent. I love Lime Crush. I love Pineapple Crush. They're like, they're like, but you can't play this instrument. I'd be like, oh, that's the criteria? But no, that's 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 awesome. I think I've counted like 10 or 11 there. And it's, uh, I don't know, where did you learn to play all this? Were you like one of those kids that got picked on at school and was like, you know what, guys? I'm going to form my own band. I was, uh, I like time to myself. I was never very good at sports, and so when I found music, when I found electric guitar specifically, I think it came quickly to me because I just, 
I loved it so much. And it was a way I could express myself that I'd never found in other ways before. And so I just suited me well. I spent a lot of time sitting around playing guitar. And, and then that sort of blossomed into an interest in just playing whatever I could get my hands on. And eventually, accordion. That's cool. I always like people who have like different backgrounds and instruments because I mean, some of the people that you can uh, see out there that do really well with guitar or do really well with piano, like when you see that they do very well with a lot of different instruments, you're like, you're crazy. Like, how did this talent come? And I'm sure your squash players will agree that you're not a great person at sports. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> they're like, they're like that. <laughs> I, usually, I usually lose. I have a one squash partner. I, I usually lose. So that's yeah. it. So, sometimes he calls in sick. He's like, sorry, Jeremy, I, I've come down with something today. You're like, I've just seen you. You're outside my house. With another squash partner. You're with another, yeah, exactly. Just out of pure interest, I guess, is when you look at Splash and Boots, they came up with the yellow and blue concept. I believe it was because of, I think it's Taze, which is Boots. I think it was her mother or grandmother had like these old cloths sticking around. The Wiggles, of course, you get their colors pretty much from, you know, your blue, red, yellow, purple, what have you. So my question here is, who decided on this trademark white and red baseball t-shirt? Well, is you know, it started out, I, I always wore a stripe, like a blue and red striped shirt at my Jeremy Fisher Jr. shows. And then over the last uh, little while, I thought it might be fun to put something on the shirt. So we've been experimenting. I haven't got it finalized yet, which is why you just see the white and the red. But I've been experimenting with a, a design that, to put on the shirt. So that should be coming in the future. And I guess it's sort of subtly speaks of Canada and being Canadian. It's also just a, a really eye-catching color. And I I just like the shirt. I don't know what else to say. I just like the shirt. <laughs> it's like it's like something that you definitely plan months ahead. Everyone's like, okay, so we've got all the instruments planned. We've got your, and you're like, no, 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 no. Before we go anywhere, I want to figure out my my shirt. Uh, yeah, you know what though? Like the way you set that up makes me realize that I need to fabricate some story about my grandma's basement or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I need to inject some meaning into this. Oh no, no! I just love the idea because you know what? It's pretty much the way I look at it, and this is coming from personal experience. When I was first doing the podcast, I came up with just putting TT on a, like a, a remote and putting it out there, and I'm like, that sounds okay. I got someone to draw me a picture, and I was like, that's cool. And then it came over time that I'm like, you know what? I like I like the cartoon idea. I like having this picture aspect. And it, it's always kind of cool to see where the original aspect of things come from. So when you're just saying like it's a right red and white t-shirt there, like I call it the baseball tee, it's just cool because yeah, it does represent Canada, but it has a story within itself. Like you just said, it's like, you know, you just thought it was a simplistic shirt. It was just something that you thought was cool. And it kind of ties into the idea of what you're doing in itself. It's like a simplistic thing to get, the, you know, kids' entertainment, just you singing and telling stories. There's your story, Jeremy. I just fed it to you. Awesome. Well, I should say also that it does – the other thing it comes from is – so my, the, my first record is called Highway to Spell, which is obviously a riff on – ACDC's Highway to Hell. I, I love those classic concert tees from the 80s. With the, that were the baseball tees. Usually they were a black shirt with white sleeves or a white shirt with black sleeves. Usually a black shirt. I have a, a Twisted Sister one and a okay. Quiet Riot one. And I used to have a Boston one that was the red one. I don't know what happened to that. So it is a bit of a throwback to you know the thing that got me into music, which was ACDC and 
and those those 80s rock concert tees. Well, there, there you go. There's another aspect to your answer. I, I like that you didn't go too extreme with going like, you know, like, oh, I loved Hell's Bells, and now I sing that to kids, but instead of going with Hell Bells, I just put in, like, Janelle's Bells! And then there's, like, <laughs> some kids just are like, I love Janelle's Bells! <laughs> Do you think in time, if you trademarked it, like, you'd go with, like, a blue and white one, a green and white one, like, just different colors? Uh, you never know. I mean, it's could be could be the next album cycle requires a new color. I don't know. That I think that would be a cool aspect. Like, I, especially if you have like your own logo on the front, and the only thing that really changes is the sleeves. Because I mean, I, kids are picky. Let's be honest. And some kid mm-hmm. might be like, "I'm not into red," but oh, that's a Jeremy Fisher blue one. Yeah, I've got to wear that. And then some kid will be like, or their parent be like, "There's no difference. It's just the sleeves." And they're like, "You don't know. You are you're hired, Tobin, as the head of my merchandising team." Oh man, I, I'd love to. I'd love to do it. I mean, I'm I'm still on Rick Campanelli's butt to to get on those. Uh, bobblehead ideas that I had two years ago <laughs> when you were starting up with just doing instruments as well you've toured with newfoundlanders here as well like rex gowdy great big c do they have a bit of an influence i guess on your performance as well uh, again coming back to the whole newfoundland tie-in yeah you know i spent quite a bit of time on the road with great big c and um those guys are still good buddies of mine uh sean mccann actually lives here in ottawa and we uh when we were allowed to hang out, we hung out all the time. Our families hang out together, and I've written songs with them, and they definitely had an influence on me as a performer and took me into some pretty big rooms where I got to open for, uh, well, Rex Gowdy. We we did Mile One at the start of his Outports tour together. Yeah, like some, some of the biggest rooms I've ever played to I've I've done with Newfoundlanders. The thing that I that I will say that was true of, of all the Newfoundlanders I ever toured with is they were the last ones to go to bed. <laughs> and even after the show, it would be it would be five thirty in the morning and we'd be up singing shanties around the kitchen table or, you know, the table in the tour bus or whatever. And it's a way of life there, I think in, in a way that, that it's changed on the mainland, and 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 I love that Newfoundlanders keep that tradition alive. I mean, there there are people there are people that you'll meet who, you know, don't play music professionally, but they sure could. I mean, they're good enough to, and they know all the songs, and they'll be up there at five thirty in the morning jamming with you. What have you been doing? Of course, I, I know you mentioned about doing this Jeremy Fisher Jr. live stream for kids, but besides that, what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself sane? Because I know you have kids of your own. I do. I've got a four-year-old and a three-month-old at home here, and um, so yeah, if you do the math on that, our our, da- our our youngest daughter was was a month old when when we shut her down. And what I do to stay sane is um, I take a lot of deep breaths and I try to be patient. Uh, it, it's I've never been so busy in all my life. In fact, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it out here to start this interview on time because one of the kids was fussy in there. It's it's hard to be the only friend and parent to four year old. My wife is is with the baby most of the day, and and to try to keep her entertained, but also keep her in line. And it's really hard to be anybody's everything. And the thing that I can say that I I try to do every day is just appreciate that this is time that I get to spend with my family that I wouldn't have otherwise. And that's precious. And, and having a second kid come along now, you're even more aware of it the second time that all these little phases of, of childhood are brief and they change and they change frequently. So I think 
it's a simple thing, but but just reflecting on that each day and remembering to breathe and remembering to to find the joy in in, in all the moments that I can. And know that one day I'm going to look back on this this time really fondly and be really thankful that that I had all this time with my my kids. That is a excellent answer, and I think you have that written down on a piece of paper. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, it, it be <laughs> well. I got it recorded now. I'm gonna ask you to send it to me so I could transcribe. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when they get older, just be like, "Listen, I was very sincere when I said this. I didn't have it written down. You can even ask Tobin. Tobin has it in a recording here. I guess to close it out, Jeremy, would you like to play a game called How Canadian? Oh, I'd love to. It's basically an idea of trying to top something that would only happen in Canada. So we played this with Sarah Nurse, we played it with Splash and Boots, and I love Splash and Boots' example, so I'll, I'll toss theirs. Splash, or Nick, was almost late for his interview. He said, I was almost so late to this interview because my polar bear never arrived on time. Hashtag how Canadian. So that's basically the concept. It's something that you'd only happen in Canada. The one that, it was funny because Carlton Stone and Coleman Hellboat used this example of you open a door for someone and you apologize because you opened it like too early where they're still a good distance away and that's how canadian so why would why would be something that you think only happens in canada that would sounds like a how canadian oh yeah well it's sort of along those lines i i used to tour a lot all over the world and a lot in america i would notice when i this is when i was living out in vancouver I can remember one time going to the grocery store to stock up. I had been away on a, on a U.S. tour for like six weeks. And I'm there in the grocery store, and I'm just not looking. And I, I open one of those freezer doors, you know, to like get some frozen fruit and stuff. And I just wasn't looking, and I slammed it right into this woman, like, you know, <laughs> fa fairly hard. And she apologized to me for standing in the way <laughs> of my freezer door that I bonked her in the head with. And I thought, in America, this would have, like, you know, I used to just watch myself because it can be very confrontational. I mean, you see a lot of, like, no trespassing signs and that the laws and the, the right to protect themselves is different down there. And, and then, of course, in Canada, you can run right into somebody and they're going to apologize for getting in your way. I, I love that story. That just reminds me of like the, um, I don't know if you're like, if you ever heard of or watched Time at Your Mother, but it's like when uh, uh, Marshall's character brings Robin to like the, the hoser hut and uh, he bangs into someone on purpose and the guy turns around and goes, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. Would you like a, would, would you like a donut? And then he's like, so I bang into him. And he apologized to me and gives me a donut. And I was, I was just like, that's that's yeah, that's Canadian for you. It's like at soccer, someone can like steamroll you and then off would pick you up. And be like, sorry, I did that, bud. It's like you okay? I'm just like, yeah. If this was anywhere else, they'd be like, yeah, in your face. It's like I just steamrolled you, and you're or you like you accidentally rub someone in soccer or score on the goalie, but you know it was like a pretty, you know, could have hit off his face, but you still score. But instead of celebrating, you're like, oh crap like you okay dude and he's like why aren't you off celebrating it's like because you're hurt it's like, yeah, that's what I, I think i think all dogs are canadian have you ever noticed that you step on a dog's tail and it and it jumps up 
and then it comes up to you with its ears back and its tail between its legs as though like it did something to you. Well, my dog here is like, it, we have the, the joke here in our house is if anyone sneezes, the dog literally comes over to your face and like <laughs> licks it all over and then expects you to rub his belly. It's like, oh, I'm sorry I wasn't there right away when you sneeze, but I'm here now. So can you reward me with a belly rub? And I'm like, why Why are you getting the treatment? I'm the one who sneezed. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so Jeremy, of course, you do this live every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, which would be like 1230 here in Newfoundland. What's your whole end goal for this once COVID's over or what do you want to continue to do and hope to get out of this? I don't have an end goal. You know, this is really one of those things. It's about the journey. I'm doing these Saturday morning specials. I'm going to do them for a few more weeks. I'm going to take some time off in the summer. And um, I think that we're going to be at this for a little while, at least on the live performance front. And this this is my my way of performing live. So in, in the time I'm taking off, I'm going to do a little bit of, you know, do a paint job on the studio and up the production a little bit more and just try and turn it into, you know, something that's even more exciting and more engaging for kids. So watch the next few Saturday morning specials until, you know, sort of the end of June and then look back in September and, and we'll be we'll be coming back with something that's hopefully even more exciting. Now, Jeremy, are you going to be amazed to watch me clue up everything you just said in this interview into something that is going to be so relatable to you and you're going to be, your mind's going to be blown? Um, you just mentioned about the journey and we mentioned about earlier about how you had t-shirts coming from bands like Journey. So you know what I'm going to say? Don't stop believing. Oh, man. <laughs> Hold on to that feeling. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jeremy Fisher for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening and good night. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.